your Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Hey, welcome to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Conn. You can follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. You can follow my co-host, Cammy, Cammy Angie, or follow the show at Locked On Horns on Twitter. Also, Locked On Longhorns on Instagram. Uh, we're back on a Tuesday. We expected to do a Monday episode, but... You know, things get in the way and then technical difficulties, so we weren't able to do it. So we're coming to you on a Tuesday, Cammy. Game week. Obviously, we got Texas Tech coming up on Saturday. It was a wild Sunday, though. I know we hadn't really got to talk about it, but Sunday was crazy. If you, if, I mean, if you, I, I know Longhorn fans are all over the nation, but if you're also a Cowboys fan, Sunday was the well, also the Sunday night game, I think, was even uh, – you could argue that that was even a crazier ending. It came down to the last play and the last second of the game. And I think um, both the Seahawks and the Patriots deserved to win that game. So I enjoyed watching that as well. But, yeah, the Cowboys probably um, – I wouldn't necessarily say entertaining because it was quite awful most of the game. But that <laughs> onside kick will be talked about for many years to come. Uh, I heard a rumor the – Atlanta Falcons are still waiting on that ball to stop so they could jump on it. <laughs> um, I, I can, that was one of the worst, I think, mistakes. And that's just something you can never let happen. You're just completely forgetting the rules at that point. Uh, yeah, at that point you are. Uh, let, well, let's talk about that Sunday night game real quick. Uh, you know, Quandre Diggs gets tossed early on in that game uh, mm-hmm. for a hit on a defenseless receiver, essentially. Helmet to helmet. Uh, that, that, you know, that stunk, you know, right off the bat, you see a former Longhorn getting tossed out of the game. And then, uh, you want to talk about that last play, Puna four blew it up. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, mean, I forgot he was on that line. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, you know, he was right there when, when they took down cam there at the very end, that was just nuts. And, 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 you know, you see the running jokes of like maybe Seahawks fans are, are, are saying, see, that's why you shouldn't run it. Right there at the end when you're playing the Patriots, you know. Yeah, I actually thought that was an awful play call. I mean, yeah, you got to keep it in Cam's hand, but I don't know. That was a rough call to me. I think they could have had that game won. It's it's tough, but it was entertaining nonetheless. uh, Wild, crazy weekend of sports, uh, you know. And and, so many injuries. You can't forget that part. I feel like it was like dozens of players had significant injuries. Uh, rest in peace to my uh, fantasy football team, Saquon oh, Barkley. I was going to say, you must have Barkley. Well, the Christian McCaffrey owners are uh, pretty worried right now, too, because that could be four to six weeks. Yeah, it's it's tough all the way around, like you said. I mean, it's just injuries all over the league. I mean, if you go to NFL.com, it's like the first four stories are all injury. You know, this player's out, this player's out. Mm-hmm. You know, tons of that. Uh, but let's, let's kick it into what we uh, came here to talk about. Cammy, we're talking about Texas Tech, Texas, this Saturday, 2.30 Central kickoff time. Uh, We're starting the Big 12 play of the 2020 season the same way we ended 2019. These two teams locking up. You got the the return of Alan Bowman, the quarterback at at Texas Tech, who the last two times these two teams have played, Bowman has been injured. So – you know, it's going to be his first opportunity to play in this game against Texas in a in a more aggressive defense. Yeah, that should be a good matchup because, and speaking of 
Urban Meyer actually came out and said Chris Ash was the best coordinator hire in all of college football this offseason. So, yeah, I think Ash is going to kind of unleash uh, players like Joseph Asai uh, to get after that quarterback. And hopefully we're not uh, just having a Swiss cheese defense like we have the previous few seasons. But I think Texas Tech is going to be their first uh, decent matchup. Uh, I do think Texas should win pretty comfortably. But um, like I said, it's a conference matchup. Anything can go. Uh, we've seen uh, those upset, upsets from teams exactly like Texas Tech. So I'm excited for it. I want to see how Texas comes out on both sides of the ball, actually. Well, yeah, and, and you bring up, you know, that defense, and hopefully, like you said, it's not Swiss cheese. And and then you kind of look at the quarterback situation. Obviously, we did the tell of the tape earlier this weekend uh, where I kind of looked at, you know, Sam Ellinger versus Bowman, which is really not a fair comparison because you're talking about a guy who hasn't played very much because of injury. And then you're looking at a guy like, you know, Sam Ellinger, who's never, I'm not going to say he's never injured, but he, he's always playing. Yeah, he you know, definitely so, plays during, I mean, not during, but he, he definitely plays through some injuries. I know that rib one uh, last season bothered him quite a bit, but he's just a tough competitive player. So it's really hard to keep him off the field. Yeah, it's extremely tough to keep him off the field. I mean, if you look at uh, just what he went through last season, and obviously we knew he was injured uh, last year. Uh, in his first game against Texas Tech back in 2017, you know, he didn't have the greatest game. One touchdown, two interceptions. The last two games he's thrown six touchdowns, no interceptions against his team. And I kind of expect that it's probably going to be similar in this in this matchup, especially if you look at – what they did against Houston Baptist. Uh, Houston Baptist, obviously the FCS program, they went five and seven last year, uh, but they're, they're an FCS program. And, and you saw what they were able to do. Caden Stern's younger brothers went off against that secondary. I mean, it was so bad watching that game, Cammy, that they were rushing three guys to the quarterback, dropping eight. And, wow. the, and Houston Baptist receivers were still getting behind the defense. Wow. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. Well, I thought it was smart what Herman said on Monday when he was speaking to the media, he said, um, he's not, he doesn't want to underrate Texas tech. You know, he said, um, just because someone won by a few points against a school like Houston Baptist doesn't mean they can't turn around and beat you by 21. So, um, I like his, I guess, mood and, um, I guess preparedness preparation coming into this game. So hopefully, cause like many other seasons we've witnessed, there's uh, been consistency issues and they sometimes drop to the level of play. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the PC answer. You kind of have to put out there, right? You don't want to um, you don't want to give Texas Tech any incentive, right? You don't want any bulletin board material. Uh, but but when you look at the team as a whole, though, yeah, you kind of I mean, it's hard not to look at this game and think that that Texas is just going to run through them, you know? So, you know, it's, it's really difficult to look at this team and look at everything involved and, and think that's not going to happen. Uh, but coming up next, Cammy, let's talk a little bit about running backs. Let's talk about the odds coming out. Uh, but first I want to tell you about our friends over at Bill Bar. Now Bill Bar has really changed the game. That's the way that they're doing with, with the health bar, the healthy candy bar, Cammy. That's what I'm, I'm talking about. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You're getting $10 off your first box. You can get 12 of the original flavors, the six new. You can get a variety box with 18 bars. It's fantastic. 
I like them. You got 100% made with chocolate. We're talking low calories, low carbs, low sugar, uh, high in protein. It helps keep your energy up, especially if, if you're getting up early, you're getting prepared for the Texas game against Texas Tech. I know it's a 2.30 kickoff, but if you get up early and you start you know, preparing some brisket or, or, you know, you might need a little bit of energy as the day goes on before that food is ready. So why don't you grab one of those Built Bars? I'm telling you, you're going to love them. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. You're going to get $10 off. Okay, well, we talked a little bit about the quarterbacks in the first segment there. Uh, let, let's talk about the running back situation. This is an interesting one. But Tom Herman has talked, you know, he talked a little bit with the media on Monday where they, you know, they kind of asked him about, you know, Keontae Ingram versus Roshan. And, you know, he's kind of talked about, well, they're going to be an equal share. There's there's not a prototypical starter at running back on this team. Yeah, he does want to spread the ball evenly within those. Uh, I guess you, you could say that trio, uh, Roshan Johnson, Keontae Ingram, and Fijan Robinson. But I did think it was still noticeable that uh, Roshan technically got the start against UTEP. And Keontae Ingram is still listed ahead of him on the depth chart. I don't think that mean, means much. Like I mentioned, they're all going to have plenty of playing time throughout each game. And um, I know he keeps saying he wants to kind of have an equal share, but I do think he's going to ride the hot hand eventually. Yeah, I mean, there's there comes a point in time where you get the success from one running back um, that it, it would be hard to not go with that guy. I mean, if, right. if it's working, if it's not broke, why are you trying to fix it? Right. And, and I agree with you 100 percent there. The, the Texas Tech running back situation is a little bit different because, uh, as we found out late on Monday, the scheduled starter, the guy number one on their depth chart, Sir Roger Thompson, was arrested on Monday. Uh, charged with racing on highway was the uh, report coming out of uh, Lubbock on Monday evening. Yeah, that was a bit shocking. Um, I actually think a wide receiver was also arrested with them and one of them fled. So it, it sounds very confusing, but it sounds like Texas Tech actually knew about that um, about a week or so ago, if I remember the report correctly. So I think they'll probably have some internal discipline, but it, I guess it's important to note and kind of shocking that he'll be available to play against Texas. Yes, Texas Tech Athletics did release a statement in which they said that they're aware they'll handle it internally, but Sir Roger Thompson and Caden Leggett, who was the uh, wide receiver that you had mentioned, uh, looks like they're going to be good to go Saturday against Texas. I thought that was interesting. Uh, when you when you look at it, because the way I see it anyway, uh, I mean, I know a lot of people look at the quarterback, especially at Texas Tech, and talk about it. Um, you know, obviously they like to throw the ball around, so quarterback's always going to be a, a main topic of discussion. But I think Siraj Thompson is actually their biggest star on offense. Ooh, yeah, I think that would have been a major blow for them if he weren't able to play against Texas. But I think even with uh, him playing, Texas should uh, comfortably win. I would probably uh, say around 21 points or so, about three touchdowns. Speaking of three touchdowns, BetMGM has come out with their betting lines for the Big 12. Texas is opening uh, – well, they opened on Sunday at least – at last check, a 16-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprise, low, high. I mean, I, I, I kind of – I'm going to be honest. I thought Tech 
would would open as at least a three touchdown dog in this game. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's yeah. I was thinking it would probably open around 20 or so, and I think that's pretty realistic and a comfortable margin for Texas. I do think, um, yeah, I think they'll win by at least three touchdowns. I'm pretty comfortable saying so. Uh, we'll see. Uh, Oklahoma opening up as a 27 point favorite against Kansas State in Norman. Uh, Oklahoma State, who really struggled uh, on Saturday. Obviously, Spencer Sanders went out early in that game with ankle injury. He's questionable against West Virginia, but they're opening up as eight-and-a-half-point favorites on the road uh, at West Virginia. Not a shock there. And then, obviously, you have Baylor in Kansas. That's an 18-and-a-half-point spread going the Baylor way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you had Iowa State was a a two-and-a-half-point favorite traveling to TCU. So uh, a little closer on some of the games, uh, you know, obviously Texas and Oklahoma have the biggest spreads, uh, which is not surprising considering they're the two teams that everybody expects to be there at the end. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm more anxious, I think, to watch Oklahoma state and West Virginia, obviously West Virginia um, spanked <laughs> who they played in their season opener. I know it was um, not a quality opponent, but still, Eastern Kentucky, it, I mean, yeah, they were they the FTF exactly. team. Yeah, they did exactly what they were supposed to do, which um, apparently wasn't that common the first week of the season. So I'm excited for that game. I'm excited to finally uh, see Baylor and TCU and what they look like. Obviously, uh, Dugan is back for TCU. Don't know if he's starting or not uh, their first game, but um, Iowa State, in my opinion, has to bounce back strong, and so does Oklahoma State. So hopefully they both have bounce-back games. Yeah, they're going to need bounce-back games for sure. Uh, And I want to correct myself. It's actually Baylor has the second highest uh, spread at uh, 18 and a half. Uh, Obviously, Texas at 16 and a half would be the third highest. Uh, Let's talk here real quick. Uh, Power ranking the Big 12 as we look around. um, I know you you did this uh, power ranking. Obviously, at the top, it's going to be Oklahoma. I mean, until somebody dethrones them, I mean, it's hard Mm -hmm. not to put anybody at the top. Um, I know you could kind of go 1A, 1B if you put Texas, who's expected to be there uh, at the end at number two. Once you get beyond three, it's kind of shaky. I mean, we expect Oklahoma State to be there, but they didn't, like we said, didn't look the greatest against Mm -hmm. Tulsa, but they also didn't have their quarterback. Yeah, and at the same time, I keep forgetting that there's very minimal and weird offseason. And so um, you kind of expect players to come out uh, with a little rust and things like that, uh, getting back into it. But, I mean, teams like Texas and Oklahoma didn't have that problem. So, I mean, there's arguments and cases you can make all over the place. But, yeah, I think the top three for now, it worries me about Oklahoma State. I think they they can eventually drop it from that number three spot. But um, like we mentioned, Oklahoma State and Iowa State were both within our top five, and they both struggled. So I think the biggest question mark in terms of the Big 12 power rankings is Baylor and TCU just because we haven't uh, seen them play yet. Yeah, because I think some of us – I mean, even when I did my quarterback rankings for the Big 12, I kind of struggled with that. It's like, you know, it, it's it's Sam and Spencer at the top. And then after that, it's kind of like, well, I think it's Spencer Sanders next. But, you know, where, where do you put Charlie Brewer? Because we haven't seen him. Where's Max Dugan at? Because we were expecting to see Matthew Browning. But, you know, the report out of TCU is that he's, you know, been cleared to return. We just don't know in what capacity is he – you know, is he going to work his way slowly back in? Because uh, obviously being away from the team, he he didn't get that six-week ramp up. 
like uh, everybody else did. And then obviously what work have they been doing recently? Uh, but I mean, it's difficult, but that, that's the good thing about this coming Saturday is we're going to get to find out a lot about some of these guys. Oh yes. I'm excited. And like I mentioned, I think the wild card teams are uh, this season in general, I think have always been Baylor and TCU. So I'm finally, I mean, well, I, we finally get to see them play. I know Baylor's was actually Baylor and TCU were both postponed, but um, I'm still curious to see if TCU will ever have to make up that SMU game because that would have been a great matchup. And and also in that same light, uh, does Baylor and Houston make up that game? Yeah. Uh, obviously, Baylor was expected to play Louisiana Tech. Uh, it didn't work out, so they tried to work out the Houston game, and then that didn't work out. You know, so it, you know it, it made it a difficult thing for to get that game in. So it's going to be really interesting to see how does that impact you know bowl bidding. You know, because mm-hmm. sometimes they look at that non-conference like. You know, did you win your non-conference? You know, different tiebreakers. How you know? So that, that's gonna be one thing that they're gonna look at, and and hopefully, you know, it works out in their favor. And I, I'm still disappointed. I really wanted to watch SMU and TCU because I thought that was gonna be a really good mm-hmm. football game. Um, all right, but coming up next, we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, two former teammates and what they have done, as well as the uh, Texas uh, placement in the Amway coaches poll and the AP poll. Do we agree with them? All right, so Saturday night in Austin, Sam Ellinger goes out and he throws for 426 yards and five touchdowns. Interesting enough, he crossed the 9,000-yard mark in his career, and he was the only active player that has done that to this point in their career. Uh, Is that surprising to you? Uh, not necessarily. And I was thinking about this uh, when I heard the news that he crossed that mark. But uh, when you think that he got immediate playing time as a true freshman, so he's he's been uh, in the program, obviously going on his fourth senior year. So uh, he's been there enough. They've obviously relied on him heavily. So I'm not surprised in any way that he uh, reached that mark. And I'm sure he's going to reach several others. Yeah, his, he's going to be reaching several others as the uh, chase for Colt McCoy continues uh, this season it's gonna be really interesting uh, you know based on the way that they played Saturday night you're thinking oh they're just gonna throw it around this season Tom Herman said in his press conference you might want to tap the brakes a little bit just because of what you saw against UTEP don't make any conclusions don't come to any conclusions about what this offense is going to look like obviously they're going to want to run the football they weren't able to really run the football very well Saturday night but most of us expect, especially with the three weapons that they have, they're going to do more. Uh, but it's interesting. So Sam Ellinger was the first quarterback to crack that 9,000 as far as tops among active quarterbacks. Uh, a familiar name joined him in Shane Bouchel. Uh, Saturday night, SMU was playing North Texas in Denton, and uh, he also crossed that 9,000-yard threshold. So it's interesting that the two quarterbacks that were on this team back in 2017 and 2018 before he transferred uh, are the only two active quarterbacks with 9,000 yards or more passing. Yeah, I think that is just really cool um, considering they're both still really good friends, and I'm glad Bouchelle is finding success at SMU. Um, obviously, he had, I think, 10 wins or more last season there. So 
I'm happy for him. I, I'm not too surprised just because, like I mentioned, they were both playing as true freshmen. So at this point, they're going into their uh, fourth season. So uh, I think the statistics speak for themselves on how um, they were used. So really cool, though. Um, probably not, like I mentioned, uh, the last of the records that both of them will break this season. And just to, just for bragging rights, I'm just going to let you know the Sam is actually ahead of Shane just by like 20 yards. <laughs> so it's like it's just like a little they're gonna bit be neck and neck. There, yeah, I think it's going to be that connect. So it makes me wonder: is there going to be a friendly competition between those two? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know who's going to have the most uh, by seasons in by by the time their career wraps up? Who's going to have the most? You know, but but like you said, the fact that they were both here, both started as freshmen, uh, obviously both recruited by uh, Charlie Strong. Obviously, Sam decided to stay on even after Strong was relieved of his duties. Uh, let's talk about the the coaches poll and the uh, AP poll. So the Amway coaches poll came out Saturday morning about eleven o'clock Central Time. I'm sorry, Sunday morning about eleven o'clock Central. Uh, they had Texas ranked number nine. They actually were eighth last week, and then they bumped Auburn ahead of them. Kind of shocking to me, considering Auburn hasn't played at all yet. Uh, they kick off their season this Saturday, the twenty sixth, as the SEC gets involved in the college football landscape. I, I thought it was quite interesting that you would bump an SEC team up who hasn't played a game yet. Obviously, early season rankings don't mean a whole lot. It's more for bragging rights for fans, but I still found that interesting. Yeah, I was just going to say it doesn't mean much, and I think the polls, all the polls are going to look much different uh, now that the Big Ten is back and once every um, team finally plays. I know there's several that could probably uh, jump up and down just for the simple fact that they haven't played yet. So um, I'm I'm not too surprised in terms of where Texas is. I think they, they deserve to be within the top 10 right now, anywhere from, and you could argue anywhere from the seven to 10 range. So I think it's very realistic. Uh, like we mentioned, they, did, they haven't really played anyone yet. So I think once they uh, start playing like TCU and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and things like that, they'll uh, they'll really, I guess, solidify their ranking there. Well, you know, the, the interesting part, you bring that up. Uh, so when the preseason coaches poll came out, Ohio State was number two. And then when mm-hmm. they pulled them out, that bumped Texas up inside the top 10. Uh-huh. So when they added them back, they put Ohio State at number 10, which I thought was interesting. Whoa. So yeah, preseason, you were number two. But now that they've added you back, you're number 10. It's almost like they're punishing them for – the, I guess for Kevin Warren deciding to punt on the season and then all of a sudden bring it back. So I thought that was, yeah, I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. I mean, they're second before, but now they're 10th. Yeah, that's very unrealistic. I know um, in ESPN's poll, they actually had um, Ohio State jump right in and slide into number two, which I think everyone can pretty much agree uh, or come to agreement with there. But yeah, that's completely unrealistic to have Ohio State that low. Yeah. I, to me, yeah, especially when you when you look at that roster, they're loaded, and the guys that opted out and were getting ready for the draft are now coming back. Um, you know, so it's not like they're getting a drop off. Like Sean Wade's decided he's coming back, and and things of that nature. And then you have the AP poll, which they had Texas and Auburn actually tied uh, for eighth, so they had the same amount of points. So they're both eighth, which is interesting. So they're eighth in the AP poll. Ninth in the coaches poll, but the difference is the AP poll did not bring the Big Ten back into the fold for this um, for this week's ranking. So I thought that was 
interesting that the coaches agreed to bring them back in, but the AP voters and the AP poll and who holds that decided they're going to wait till next week to put the Big Ten in. Yeah, that's really um, odd, but I guess, yeah, waiting till next week. And I'm not even going to put too much weight into any of these rankings until all these teams have played. So it's really hard to try and um, determine where someone belongs when obviously the Big Ten isn't going to play for several more weeks, and then you still have a couple of Big 12 teams not playing yet. So um, I think it's all just um, throwing a dart at a dartboard, really, at this point. Yeah, it's like like we've said, it doesn't mean much. You know, it's more for fans bragging right things of that nature. The the rankings that really are going to matter aren't going to happen until later in the season when we get the college football playoff poll. Uh, that will, you know, their top 25, you know, those are the ones that people pay attention to. Those are the ones that matter. Uh, but, you know, these these were a little bit interesting. Uh, speaking of interesting, uh, Greg McElroy, former Alabama Crimson Tide quarterback, uh, he had some interesting things to say during the um, Central Florida Georgia State telecast where he actually thinks that the American uh, Conference – the American Athletic Conference deserves to be in the conversation as maybe deeper than the Big 12. And I thought that was an interesting comment to make, uh, I guess, based on the struggles that they're seeing from the Big 12. Yeah, I was going to say, what was the reasoning behind that? Because, I mean, I mean, it's, it's too early in the season to really put too much weight behind that. But, yeah, the Big 12 looked awful. There's no denying that outside of Texas and Oklahoma. And a lot of people just think it's a two-man race in the Big 12 right now. So um, he could have a point, um, depending on how uh, Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State look, um, I guess, further on into the season. But uh, that's kind of a bold take to me. And I look at it like this. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of in agreement with – what Joel Klatt had to say uh, last week, you know, when, when people started jumping on the big 12 because of the losses and he was like, look, people don't judge conferences based on what's happening in the middle. Like it doesn't matter at all. You know, they, they base it off who's at the top. Do, do people look down on the ACC because the teams in the middle aren't doing very, not doing very well. No, they don't care because they have Clemson. The SEC, yeah. the same thing. The middle teams, they don't really pay attention to them. So that 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 was interesting to me. I I, I mean, I kind of looked at it and I was like, well, I, you know, I don't necessarily disagree with what McElroy was saying, but at the same time, uh, yeah, you can compare the teams in the middle, but the American Athletic Conference doesn't have anybody at the top that could challenge a Texas and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State uh, as far as when you're looking up and down the teams listed in that conference. Yeah, and I, I agree with that because Texas and Oklahoma, I think, can challenge uh, even some of those powerhouse SEC schools. So um, comparing the American Conference to those two teams in general is just completely unrealistic. But um, I sort of understand, yeah, from the middle of the pack on uh, down to the Kansases and things like that, um, you can kind of argue, I guess, for his case. But, yeah, that was um, – I think it's obviously way too early in the season to really determine that. It's way too early to be having this conversation. You're right. This, to me, this is an off-season argument to have. You know, when we start looking at who's who's good, who's bad, you know, who should be up there? Should should the group of five be in that conversation with some of the power five schools that seem to run college football? But we're going to table that conversation for much, much later. Uh, coming up tomorrow's show, we're going to get into some more preview talk with Texas Tech. We're going to look at the depth chart. 
maybe check out what the uh, bowl projections are showing uh, as we move further into the season, as we get ready for Big 12 play, as we get ready for Texas Tech, Texas, 2.30 on Saturday. Uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the Lockdown Longhorns podcast. Make sure you're tuning in to the Lockdown College Football Podcast, Monday through Friday, different hosts, getting you ready for your college football Saturday. But for Cammie, I'm Patrick, and as always, keep it locked on. Welcome. Okay.